Dong. You know what that was? That's the ringing endorsement. Let, oh, it, let it in. Relent. Oh, Did you call me a dick? Why'd you call me a d- Oh, because of what I said. I got you. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I can't be. That's right. That's right. Uh, two nights in a row. For some of us. Right. Of us. right? That would have been. I mean, we would have had it. Someone, yeah, I mean, right. Shit, that's what I'm saying. If we wanted, we had to get it done Sunday night, we would have some time, but no, only one of us was here every night this week so far. Me, you're adorable. Nice try. I am pretty much, but I was here. I was, I was seeping. You were here last night, (laughs) you were not here Monday night. No, I was seeping. Exactly. Dude, you got to tell Vinny Beats to make sure you're awake when it's time to record. Yeah, like let, let, let the let the music pump you up a little bit or something. Vinny Beats, dude, Beats. he he's so in love with this Kanye shit. He's remixing uh, it. Oh, see, that's just fucked up. And I that, said, well, maybe you can do a better job than he did because it's trash as it was. And everything coming out of Kanye's mouth this week is pure trash too. Oh my god! And the one song. It's on God. I'm successful. It's on God. I got to feed my family. It's on God. I want to kill myself. And he's listening. Oh, yeah. to- no, it, it, it's, yeah, it, it, it is pure, stinky, melty garbage. Yeah. And my son thinks it's brilliant. Oh, this is great. Listen to it. Don't I listen mean, to what so he's saying. Too, I, I mean, know, right? I love Vinny Beats, but he's got musical taste for shit. <laughs> True. Doesn't have his father's refined taste. And neither does he have your refined taste, you the listener, for checking in on this eleven o'clock comics episode six hundred and thirty-five book of the month, people. And I'm Vince B. 
You are Vince B. It feels like it feels like I just spoke to you like not even twenty four hours ago when I'm David A. Price. Yes. Indeed you are. And, and we have a special Gio guest Pinto. tonight. We have a special <laughs> guest. Special <laughs> guest in the house. Episode, you fucking talk over my intro. Are we you have, kidding me? We have a man <laughs> he's named Jason Wood. We thought we'd introduce him to you. He's a guest. I'm out. My Neesman moment right here. I'm sending you guys a letter. I want you to read the letter next week. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. And he's David A. Price. Go ahead. Mm -hmm. You gotta. And I'm Toshio Eto, but you know me better as Samurai. No, you're not Samurai. You're Jason Wood. Everybody is in the house for this. As I said, the Book of the Month episode focusing on a real winner. Glenn Ganges in The River at Night by Kevin Huzenga from Drawn and Quarterly. It is a, whew, wait, we'll get into it, but yikes. It's deceptively simple. Once you start swimming in that river, you can get lost. But be that as it may, uh, if you would like to get inexpensive comic books, graphic novels, and everything in the previews catalog, all you really have to do is go to Discount Comic Book Service, dcbservice.com. One more time, dcbservice.com. We'll get you everything in that thick-ass previews catalog for a mere fraction of what everybody else is paying. The specials, unfortunately, are not up. End of the month happens all the time. They're mulling it over to deciding what they're going to pick. And we will benefit from their choices because the discounts are always deep and plentiful. Discount comic book service, dcbservice.com. Go. How'd you like that? Do it. Not the bad. That was borderline professional. Yeah, not bad. Yeah. How y'all doing? Doing great. Doing pretty great. I'd love to hear that. But I was telling, I forget who I I was telling, but I, I said, for the first time in my life, I actually love my job. The f- wow. Number one, that's amazing to hear. Number two, really for the first time? Yes. I thought you loved Burger King. Well, I was, I was, dude, I was, I, I loved the, the fringe benefits from Burger King. Oh, okay. But the job was hard and near constant. But uh, this job, I actually kind of love it. That is awesome. Yeah. Don't mind getting up. Yeah, Don't yeah. mind going to work. You want to stay another hour? Shit, yeah, I'll stay another hour. I love it. You're happy in your job. Dap celebrating his one-year anniversary of a home that he's thrilled Fly. to be in. Damn. Yeah. Bitches. Shit is Time good. flies. Seriously. Yep. And then I'll get the stroke tomorrow. So it'll, it'll be Bruh, a Come on now. <laughs> For real, though? You're kidding. Come on. That's my kind but of immersion. But just, think, but just think about what um, Vinny Beats will play at the... Uh, at the funeral. As a yeah, yeah exactly. well, there's plenty yeah. of Kanye songs that would fit the bill. <laughs> That's true. So, Vince, when you die, do, uh, do you want us to keep the show going or do you want us to end the show? Dude, I got news for you. I'll be here long after you guys are gone. <laughs> I'm a vampire. Uh, well, right. You know, just, just hypothetically then. Yeah. I think we all should with, make that commitment. Name or should we, you know, change? Oh, I don't give up. a shit. I mean, yeah, we, we use the name. We haven't really discussed this. But. It is what it is. This is more. So we'll just grab like Michelle FIFA and have him just become the third and just keep going. That's a very. Oh, ma- or maybe Panther will finally Who? feel like you know. Yeah, let's do this. 
Who? All right, cool. All right. No, Gary, Gary would never do it. But uh, Fife would be a very acceptable replacement. Okay. Yeah. Cool. All right. There you go. And Caleb's like, what about me, bitches? I, I finalized my. Uh, I finalized my my. I told you I was. We were doing life insurance at my firm mm-hmm. for myself and my partner, and that was all finalized today. I'm very happy because I. Uh, I got uh, I got super preferred, which is uh, the highest you can get. I was very happy. It meant it meant a lot to me to get that. Okay. No, meaning like I don't know if you know how it works, but like they have different levels for for whether you're in terms of how much they're going to charge you. Right. And most people, if you're not a smoker, you get preferred, right? Meaning like you're not a smoker, pretty much normal health. But to get super preferred over 40, you got to have them good, good results. You got to have the the low blood pressure, the low cholesterol, right? all of that. And uh, and okay, I got super you. preferred. So I'm, you, I'm pretty excited. The, good. You're on the Krypton. Program on the Krypton, and it's it's good news because it saves my firm hundreds of dollars a year. Mm. That's cool. It's great news. Are they going to translate that into more money for you, like on the bonuses, or you're just saving the money? Because most a lot of companies, if if you qualify for the better, like if you're in good health and it gives them a discount on your your insurance, they turn around and extend that benefit to you and say, well, here's well, this a couple is of- a little different because this is life insurance. Yeah. So it's not really like that. It's basically if I die, the firm gets a lot of money to replace, to find my replacement and vice versa. If, if the, if my partner, the CEO dies, the firm gets even more money for me to keep the business afloat while we either sell it or I find a new partner. Okay. Yeah. Morbid, but, but not really. Well, it, it is the season. I mean, it it's is very, Halloween. It's, yes, it's very, very um, cheap to get life insurance at at this age or younger. In fact, little uh, little um, personal finance tip for all of our listeners out there: if you are under forty and not independently wealthy to the point that you really have no financial concerns, you should strongly consider uh, term life insurance. It's the it's definitely the most uh, efficient thing you can do for your family in terms of financial security because a, a healthy person under 40 can get 20 year term for very very inexpensively um effectively like cost of a car payment and uh and it'll it'll provide your family with uh, much needed security should anything unforeseen happen there you go yep i got i gotta say 11 years in and and we have finally hit the alex Trebek promo stage of really i was like what have we become advertisements on the show and spot well, i mean we it's, a, yeah we should get a sponsor <laughs> but you know see i don't mind it because he's genuinely concerned. no i absolutely no no yeah. no i it it was it was just it was it was a it was a natural flow organic and, type of thing but, but yeah. see you're missing the conceptual continuity it was stream mm-hmm. of consciousness which it was which completely ties in with our book of the month Oh, it so does. Yes, but before we get so into that, good. yes, let's go into the what we do, the the drink roll call time because we have well, to. Have tell a sponsor? Uh, we already did it. We already did the sponsor. Okay, we did. Okay, <laughs> I believe you. My God, well, I'm going to go first because I am finishing off this bottle of gnarly head Cabernet Sauvignon. 
from uh, 2017. That's what I'm drinking. Oh, finishing it. Okay. And what about you, Jason? Uh, I'm double. I'm two double fisting. I have uh, on one hand, I've got the uh, pure leaf, unsweetened black brewed tea. On the other hand, I've got the uh, Schweppes pink grapefruit sparkling seltzer. Okay. All right. I, I I thought there might have been some white claw with the book of the month, but it's all good. Nope. As I was Don't going, have any white claw in the house right now. <laughs> as I was going into the the wine store to to buy said wine, there was a. One of the a giant enclosure on the outside. It looks it looked like a refurbished. It it probably was an ice maker or ice machine. But the the graphic on the outside of it was White Claw, big giant giant can of White Claw. And I was so tempted to mushroom stamp it and take a picture of it for Jason as I was doing it. Like, ah. Rub my balls up against the the White wow. Claw. Wow. Yeah. Unnecessary. <laughs> Most <laughs> of what I do is it's facts. <laughs> it's true. So silly. <laughs> Dap, what are you drinking? I am drinking. Um, I, I need to sober up a bit. I am. Um, <laughs> okay. I <laughs> do. Uh, right now, I am enjoying a little bit of the Line 39 Cabernet Sauvignon from California, um, bottled in 2017. But that is because I had. More than um, a couple of glasses while waiting for dinner tonight. So I am trying to um, keep it together for our book of the month and and, and treat it with, with some respect. So um, this will probably be my last glass of wine for the evening. And then I have some uh, lovely... Um, actually, I think at this point it's mostly tap water, but in a beautiful Poland Spring um, vessel. Cool. So onward, Kanye soldiers, to the book of the month, which, uh, as we said, is Kevin Huizenga's The River at Night. Shout out to J-Man, for those that may not remember from a few episodes back when uh, he, he provided us copies of, uh, of this book, which is why we ended up making it the book of the month. Which was really special because it's, <clears throat> it's not out yet, or it's, it's just out now. Like we're we're on the cusp of yeah, the not, release of this it's thing. It's not on. Um, I, I did a search on Amazon and it, I didn't see anything from the immediate hits. And the Drawn and Quarterly Twitter feed lists it as one of the books to come out. So either either the all the reviews that are online were advanced copies like ours, or I'm not seeing the release date of this thing. Uh, it's not an advanced copy because he sent it. Uh, it it was Amazon. He sent it, it. I have an Amazon gift. Oh, okay. So it is a. So. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So. All right. Well, I mean, this could either be the longest book of the month or the very shortest. Uh, okay. Because the book is easy to describe. It's Huzanga's character, Glenn Ganges, ruminating over everything. Um, he can't sleep. He drank coffee before bed can't sleep and the mind wanders the the uh, titular river at night is his stream of consciousness and basically what the book is it, it's meditations on the way consciousness interacts with time or does it that's that's the whole book yeah 
But the end. He, the end. It's 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 him laying in bed next to his wife and uh, Wendy, and his his mind starts to gamble, and he thinks about what would I do without her, and what happened when we first met, and then he goes back to his time at a dot com when when right before the the bust, and he and his fellow um, workers would play a video game after hours and how he didn't tell his wife. And then he goes, there's one section that really got to me where Wendy's saying something to him and she doesn't quite get to the, the meat of what she wants to say because in his mind, he stops her and goes on this gigantic, I mean, it goes, it goes on for pages and pages of him Post, uh, presuming or postulating what she's going to say. She could say this, which leads into this this funeral where I wasn't really behaving myself, or maybe it could be this, and then and it just keeps going and going. And to be Kev, not to be Kevin Hosenga, because he's not a a, 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 a a replacement for Glenn Ganges. The two are not the same. To be Glenn Ganges would be exhausting to me. That's the, the the thought that was foremost in my mind as I'm reading this thing, is that if I were this guy, I would either get some really good medication to to stop this excessive, by my standards, thinking, or or pondering, to the point where it keeps him up, right? Because when I go to sleep. I'm like a light switch. I fall asleep. That switch is off. I I don't remember the dreams. I don't. Oh, I, I don't. Wish. There's nothing that comes back with me out of dreamland. When I wake up, that switch goes on, and I start my day. I don't recall anything that happens from the moment I fall asleep. I have mm-hmm. to be extremely tired to to remember anything. And this guy has. A couple hundred pages of adventures in the, the 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 consciousness realm, where he he's he's touching on basically everything in his life, and there's recriminations and there's second thoughts and there's postulations. Like he's a born writer, because when he sees that guy throw the 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 stuff on the ground, and he and he, he creates this this long scenario. About this guy, he he's writing a story as he's standing there looking at this dude. So he's very creative, but the mental processes are endless, and I would find that that very very um, <clears throat> draining. I think. Mm-hmm. Yes, um, my wa- my wife has very very vivid dreams because of certain medications that she's on, and she's always tired. Constantly tired because the the medication does not allow her brain that time to rest. Mm -hmm. Her dreams are as vivid as the real world. And so there's no downtime for her mind. It's just, it's a generator that's constantly chugging away. And so she doesn't, she, she always feels tired. She always feels like she's overloaded. It's because there's no time for that machine, which is your brain 
to wind down a little bit, go into really, really deep, deep sleep where, you know, you do detach a little bit, like a sensory deprivation chamber, which is, and, and Glenn Ganges does that within the story. Like there, there's, there are sections where he, he tenses his muscles and he, he does this, this ritual routine um, where he he tries to get himself fatigued in order to go to sleep, but what he's doing is he's disconnecting from sensory input, which in many in a lot of cases is even worse. It makes your your consciousness expand even more. Sen- said t- sensory deprivation chamber. That's in a sense what that is. It's just the mind, and then there's illustrations in the book where it's just his head floating around. That's telling me that he has cut off. The sensory input from the the skin, the body, the muscles, everything, and it's just the consciousness going through this story. And it's just, um, I'm I'm on on one hand, I'm very jealous because I would like a fraction of that. And on the other hand, it's just kind of scary how this this character's mental processes seemingly never stop. But uh, we're the benefit because it's all filtered through a formal examination of the mechanics of of comics. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing is that, uh, you know, well, let let me uh, let me take a step back. First of all, um, is this your first experience with Kevin Huizenga? No, no, I I have um, more than a few of his uh, works. Okay. Dap? I believe it is. Yeah, same. Same. Uh, but I will say, after reading this, I'm definitely very interested in reading some of his other stuff. 100%. Um, uh, also, for the listeners who didn't participate in this with us, um, how would you describe his art style, Vince? Oh, I think he has the soul of a... Um, a comic strip artist. Uh, yes, I, I would. I, I would say that he's somewhere in the realm of uh, a Chris Ware mixed with a Bill Watterson mixed with. Um, I, I see Blondie in some of the the panels. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it's just that he's got. Yeah, a I fair... think the figures look like Blondie characters. Um... And the, the, uh, I, I guess, frankly, the, the more impressive component of the package is the Chris Ware, his, his penchant for these elaborate panel layouts and yeah. uh, visualizations of, of, of the mind. But it's, it's odd because I don't consider his style of cartooning clean, but then well, it, it's not excessively gritty, but I wouldn't exactly call it his, his, visual voice clean but Mm -hmm. and then he'll go and he'll extrapolate into these super clean drawings that are very rigid and and geometric and um instructional like in infographics uh, in a sense but with a little bit more panache than your 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 average infographic and it's it's just the the combination of the two is really neat to see I think I should just let fly with it. I, I adored this book, but it was daunting to me because for as much as it touches upon the mental processes that I like to examine, 
it's like a crash course in everything you could do with comics. Right. So you're you're looking at the form and on the one hand and on the other, this the the concept behind it is as equally rich to me. So it was tough to get through this. Not because I didn't enjoy it, but because I was lingering and trying like the that one section where he flies out the comic pages in like a fan mm-hmm. and and goes to the the trouble of actually lettering some of them and the panels that go off the page that were lettered and you can only read part of it, (laughs) you know, like which says to me, like this guy's mind's racing in all possible permutations. And that, that illustrates that perfectly, but you weren't meant to read it all. But the fact that it, it flows off the page means that there's a whole lot of information that wasn't really presented, but yet it was. Is right. that, that visual shorthand was awesome. And so I'm studying it and I'm trying to enjoy the, or at least pull something out of the story aspect of it. But the formal part of it is just, it's overpowering because he does so much with sequential art that I just, it, it's a very, I think the book is staggering in a sense. Like the, we only had, well, we had a long time to read it, but as we are wont to do, we let it simmer until whatever a couple of days before this this episode but i don't think this is a book that you're just gonna jump into um and appreciate the complexity of it in one or two sittings i think this is a book you got to go back to just to to see what he, and it needs a, a ribbon it needs a ribbon bookmark mm. oh that's that's true yeah the the packaging of the book um as you said, it's drawn on quarterly. It's a hardcover book, and I know you all are super anti uh, dust covers, but it's a beautifully done dust jacket. Oh, with the with yeah, with because because the corners fold out, and there's there's a um, there's illustrations all throughout yeah. the interior of the dust cover. Well, you're um, right. It's a two sided dust cover, so it's yeah. it has a function other than keeping the book mm-hmm. free from dust. But so the, yeah, uh, and even even when you remove the dust cover, it's mm-hmm. it's, it's a beautiful orange hardback um the inlay is fantastic with the yes yes and and then on the back with the little um i guess the fireside or whatever but it's it's yeah it's it is a very well done package and even even the um the interior um pages on the inside cover with the with 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 the circles and 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 the uh the checkerboard it's um yeah it's it's you pretty much you kind of get an idea as to what to expect right from the start before you even get to the story proper. Mm-hmm. I see right, a lot of Mark Bell in his work too. A less less expressive Mark Bell. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I mean, as you said, I mean, he asked the question, how do we experience time? What does it feel like to lie awake in bed beside a sleeping lover? How do you fall asleep when you want to fall asleep so badly that it keeps you awake? And that's my life. See, and that's interesting. Okay, so you should expound upon that because I'm more in Vince's camp. I Yeah. I, uh, I don't... Um, I'm sure we've talked about just about everything in our lives on the show at some point in time, but I, 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 I don't sleep a lot. I stay up late as people probably know. Um, but when I go to bed, I'm in, I'm out within seconds, uh, generally. Um, and, and the only time that's not true, and this is super weird, probably should see a psychiatrist about it. Um, if I'm on my back, I can't fall asleep. <laughs> 
Oh, oh, same, same, and I, and I have and I have nightmares. No, I can't either. Oh, I, I, I'm, I'm out like a light if I'm on my back. Yeah, so, I, so I, I, sometimes I'm on my back. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I will go to bed and I'll just like if the if the dog's in bed or something, and I'm, I'll like, oh, I'll lay on my back for a second, and more often than not, then I cannot fall asleep until I go on my stomach, and if I do, I wake up from nightmares. Um, super weird. Always been like that. Don't know why. But as long as I sleep on my side or my stomach, I'm out within seconds, and I sleep through the night. I'm a heavy sleeper. Uh, so I, I don't, I don't identify with Glenn Ganges, the character in that regard of being an insomniac. Um, but on the other hand, I did find a lot, uh, of, of interest in this book because I, when I'm, um, although it's not tied into my sleep time, I, my brain never shuts off when I'm awake. I'm always thinking about a million things and I'm always letting the dominoes fall and thinking about the what ifs and doing scenario analysis on a million things. So I, I definitely appreciated the, the manic nature of that. Uh, it's just that for me, it's not tied into my sleep state. Mm. See, I don't consider enough things in my life. In fact, my life would be very, very different if I stopped and pondered the ramifications of whatever action it was that I was going to make. I'm more of my my life takes on the same methodology as when I walk into a convention and and David or whoever will say, what are you looking for? I'd be like, whatever, whatever comes my way. I'm not I don't have an agenda. I I don't have any preconceived notions going in. There's there's a couple of things I'd like to see happen, but whatever. I, I, I cast myself at the mercy of fate when I go into a convention and it's the same way I live my life. I, I don't, I don't consider my actions enough. And that's Mm -hmm. one of the things that, you know, I'm a bit envious of Ganges because he does go through, he has mental lists upon lists and every object on a list leads to another list. And I mean, he just, he, he's, the mill is turning constantly and I would like to be a little bit more like that. But, I mean, you know, leopards and spots, right? They, mm-hmm. uh, we are who we are. I, I've always flown through life by the seat of my pants. It, it's worked out fairly well so far. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm not stinking rich. That's, that'd be cool, but whatever. But, I mean, I, I got it pretty good. And that's without, yeah, sure without not even trying too hard. Yeah, great, great friends that do a podcast yeah. with you. Well, it's it's number yeah. one. It's, no, <laughs> it's number two. There number you two. go. Yeah. Vinny Beats is number one. Vinny Beats. Uh, <laughs> Yo. He's one third of, of number one. <laughs> Vinny Beats. Uh, yeah. uh, now, Dap, so you're, yeah, you're the insomniac, which isn't surprising to me because you, 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 uh, you, you worry about all kinds of shit you shouldn't worry about. So I can imagine. Yeah. That, uh, I, yeah. <laughs> I mean, when, when I, it's, when I am asleep, I, it, it's, I'm pretty much, I am out. It's, um, there are, I, I, I do seem to be in tune with, with certain things. Like I, I have the ability to, if, if, um, if one of the animals is about to, is about to throw up, I'm, I'm aware of that. And, and I'm out of the bed, lickety split. If, um, but I mean, if I, my wife has said, if, if anybody was ransacking the house, then I probably would stay asleep through that. It It's, it can take me a while to fall asleep and and yeah there are things because because i think about either 
either missed opportunities or uh, things that I, I kind of replay the events of the day or the week uh, and, you know, think about things that uh, I'm basically foolishly and, and stupidly kicking myself over and things that, that are just that aren't worth the time that there are better things to, to devote my energy to. And, and I should just shut my brain off and go to sleep. And, and in, in that regard, I very much was, um, following Glenn's point of view. I was definitely in his shoes when, when he thought about, you know, they like going to the library and who else he saw and, and then, and then staying up late, or, or drinking too much coffee. And then that kept him up. And then his mind is racing. And, and, and I was, I've absolutely in more times than I can count throughout my years of, all right, I'm, I'm going to go sleep now. And it's okay. Two minutes later uh, now. And, and it's just, it's, mm-hmm. you know, beat the clock and, and, and just everything that, okay, I'm going to try to numb my body or count backwards or think of things. And it's, and, and it doesn't, it, it's, it's more often than not, it's what's what I want to make me go to sleep is what's actually keeping me awake. And and it's it's because I'm thinking about why I want to go to sleep and why I should be going to sleep, and that's actually what's keeping me awake. And and it's it's I pay for it the next day and 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 it's a bad side effect, but it it's I I absolutely see things through through Glenn's lens. It's it's um I've I've been there. I I this was almost as if you know Kevin asked me a bunch of questions and and decided to to write a comic book about it. And and it's I see a lot of it. It just it hit very very close to home as I was reading it, especially when, and as Vince alluded to with, with, with the, with the dot com startup, because we've, I've, I've played, um, a, a pulverizer at, at work and after work, after hours, um, with coworkers and, and it's, um, you know, so there's this, this was, this was just almost, uh, an instruction manual. This very much in, in many cases, um, mirrored my past 10 12 15 years it's 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 weird i mean i i i it's much easier for me to fall asleep now in the past year than than it was in in the previous 13 years before but mm-hmm. it's there are definitely um there are things that i still can't shake and i still remember vividly that uh that you know as 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 glenn tries to go to sleep and and thinks about you know not wanting to wake his wife and, and that's another thing is that it, it's yes if if i do wake up my wife um i'll hear about it the next day and it's it's harder for her to fall back to sleep than it is for me if if, if i'm woken up i can very easily fall back to sleep and and i i tend to sleep later than she does uh but i also tend to stay up later than she does and and um and and if if she needs to take something to go to sleep She'll sleep straight through and she's fine for the next day. Whereas for whatever reason, I just, I, I don't know if it's, if it's some conscious thing where if I even, even if I take something to fall asleep, it's like, haha, you're not better than me. And, and, and I'm going to fight you. And, and it, it's a stupid thing to think. And, and I just, 
I don't know what it is. And I, I want to be able to go to bed and sleep straight through and not because this is this is the quiet time and this is when you know your your body needs rest and 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 you guys both earlier in the week you both experienced this when your body is telling you it's time to shut the fuck down it's going to happen and and i need that to happen for me more often than it does and and i'll i tend to stay up late and and i know and 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 it's stupid because i will i'll stay up later or i'll have trouble falling asleep the nights before I have actual things that I need to do the next day at mm-hmm. work and pay attention to and for, and, and it's like, and, and I'm thinking about that and, and it's a stupid thing that I should be dwelling on that, but it's just, I want to make sure that I either, I do the right thing or I'm, I, I want to make sure I'm, I'm, I'm like, I'm thinking about different avenues and if this goes wrong, then I can do this. And it's like, instead of waiting for it to actually happen and then react to it, I'm thinking about different outcomes and, and how to react to it. And it's just like, dude, if, if, if you just sleep now, you'll be, you'll be clear headed and you'll be able to respond to it as it happens instead of wondering what it, it's just, it's another case of don't worry about things that you don't have any control over. Wait for it to actually happen and then you can act on it instead of wondering what'll happen. And, and, and I haven't gotten to that point yet. But see, I, I can, none of that kind of thinking is productive. Exactly. At I know all. This. Oh, yeah. I know this. That. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. 100%. Right. And, and that's one of the it's aspects. It's like worrying about the weather. It's like, it, it's, so if it rains, what are you going to, there's nothing you can do about it raining. Just when it rains, deal with it. Don't worry about, okay, well, if it rains, I can do this. And then if it doesn't rain, then I, what did you, how much time and energy did you just waste worrying about shit that's out of your control that may or may not even come near you? And, it, and, and, right. and it's just, and, and I've, it's, it's taken me a while. And, and yes, since we've moved, I've, I've, I'm much better at understanding that. But back then, prior to a year ago and for the past 13 years, it, that, that it consumed me and it wasn't healthy and it, 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 made people around me miserable because I was miserable about it. And in the book, Kevin's wife is an artist. Uh, yes. Uh, an illustrator. And mm-hmm. she gets a job doing something that has a very, very, very small deadline, very short deadline. And she says, you know, you can help me with this. So he starts out pretty good helping her. But then he gets bored with it. And he puts it to the side and it sits while he's doing all this thinking and while he's very self-centeredly investigating his mental landscape, the promise that he made to his wife to finish or at least to contribute to this very short deadline extends more and more and more and more. And she's like, they've been sitting on my, my table for X amount of time. Why haven't you done them? Yeah, yeah, I'll mm. get to them. I'll get to them, you know, this weekend. I, I swear I'll do it. And so he's a very, I, I think Glenn is, is, he's a thinker, yes. And from an artistic standpoint, I love the fact that he th- goes through all these mental uh, gymnastics because then we get to see it on paper. So, yeah, that's cool. But if I was in the, a relationship with Glenn, I would put him through a wall because mm-hmm. he's extremely self-centered. He's very narcissistic, 
my mental processes carry so much weight that I'm going to let your thing that I promised I do sit. Like, did you guys not see that scene that way? He's extremely self-centered. Oh, absolutely. Well, he's... I I didn't take it that that he was... Because it definitely... um, They both have their flaws because early on... She works too much. He was he. Yeah, she does work too much. Yeah, he would he 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 would talk to her and she'd interrupt. She wouldn't even let him finish right. his thought, or he'd be talking about something and she would interject. And and so and he even he he mentions it to her. He says, you know, you you keep interrupting me. And she's like, I'm sorry. And he's like, and it's okay. So so they do have that relationship where they're very um, open about you know things that are bothering both of them, which. I don't know a lot of couples like that, and that, and that's great. But yes, there are. They both have. They're both flawed people, and and I don't know enough about them to say that you know they're perfect together, or you know if 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 something else. It, it's just it's. I'm I'm just getting a glimpse of their relationship through this mm-hmm. through this one night where he's having a bitch of a time falling asleep, and it's 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 they're both. Yes, Vince, they are. He he is. He's he's self centered, but he's also you know he asked her if she wants more coffee, and and I mean and and he's thinking about you know when when he's having trouble falling asleep, and he's thinking about the funeral, and thinking about the plane ride, and and he's thinking about you know other things where, you know, and he, and he acknowledges that when he stayed late at work, not for work, but to play pulverize with everybody in the office, you know, and and she threw a fit at rightfully so because he 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 said, I'm working late. I'm not staying at the office late playing with the guys. I'm working late, and 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 you she think she would check his pay stub, like. <laughs> but, but it's one of those well, things where, but, but it's, it's I mean, right, yeah. and it's a dot com, so it doesn't matter. But it's it's you know, so it's it's a um, so they're cute. Check your pay stub. It's <laughs> sorry, us us blue collar workers. <laughs> so you the, know, we get yeah, paid by the hour. A week is gonna, it's gonna Jesus. The, right. um, the saying, like, you know, I don't, like, I mean, my, my pay stub is the same no matter whether I'm there for 50 hours or 80 or it doesn't. Well, we can't all work from home either, but it, it's right. It's, so there's a no, but yes, he's he's got his issues, but but she is not exactly right. Um, but there's a lot of protocol between the, the two of them. And and I yeah. I can't live my life that way. With with, yeah, I, with rules of a of a relationship, like you don't say this or you don't broach this subject because it's going right. to have you say what you want to say, and and I was that, that's ask why you, Vince, because you you said you've read other Hazenga. Like I I don't know if if that's the nature of these two's relationships throughout other Ganges books, but um, it didn't come across to me as a particularly. That was the biggest puzzle for me in this book in that I didn't know what or if anything he was trying to say about the relationship because I don't think it comes across to me as a bad relationship, uh, but it doesn't come across to me as a particularly loving relationship either. It came across to me as for whatever that that it's it's it works for them, but yeah. it's but it, it, it but I man, it just it but it it struck me as a relationship about that I would if I was if I knew people who had that dynamic, I'd wonder if they really loved each other. Right. Well, there are telling bits when when he's in, can't sleep and he's looking at the back of his wife's head and he's like, "What would I ever do without Wendy?" And she says the same thing mm-hmm. s- elsewhere in the book. So they, there is a genuine love there, 
But they're just – I think they've settled into this comfortable mechanic to their relationship where she does her thing, he does his thing, and they meet in the middle occasionally and then they go back to doing her thing and his thing where I can completely understand that because that's my life right there. Right. Okay. And that's the thing with the protocol where, like David said, and where he woke his wife up and he'd have to hear about it the next day. I would be like, uh, okay, sorry, I can't get out of the bed without making it move. Right. So, so if you're pissed off about me getting out of the bed, you deal with that. Right. Like I'm not being, Uh I'm not trying to be a, 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 a a dick, but I can't levitate. So therefore, if I get out of the bed, it's going to cause some motion in the bed. And the fact that I got to piss, I'm going to piss. The fact that you woke up, I'm so sorry, but I can't change that fact. So if you want to be pissed, live your day. Right. Um, and that, Mm -hmm. that, that goes in, in, in for a lot of things. Like I, I'm, I'm, you know me, I'm a no nonsense person. I, I'm not going to walk on eggshells around a person unless they are of a certain age where they, because of their advanced age and because of their stature in whatever family, I would give them the respect of not saying to my mother-in-law that I think this Jesus thing is a, is a, is a lie, you know, right, right. but mm-hmm. because she's very devout. So I don't, and it's like that part in the, at the funeral, when the someone mentioned like just you know how old is the earth and kevin and uh glenn says 4.5 million years and they're obviously yeah. baptists so they don't believe that the earth is that old or uh, there's some uh they're, they're a splinter of christianity that doesn't believe that the earth right. is as old as it is maybe yeah, baptist, yeah, yeah. i don't know and, and she gives him the elbow like he knew going in he shouldn't have said that but he said it anyway right I wouldn't have done that out of respect for the person because mm-hmm. basically I don't care to get into an argument with someone whose beliefs, you know, whatever, are not in tune with mine. I, you're never going to win the argument, right? Or I don't even know if that's the point. The argument will produce no fruit. Mm-hmm. So, so fine. But so uh, I, I don't, I don't believe in, in rules, for for any kind of like with you guys i there's no rules i i i if we have something to say to each other we say it right more often than, right. more often than not and and i don't believe that you should conform to a list of of do's and don'ts whenever you 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 deal with someone there's respect and there's love and that'll dictate your 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 thoughts and your words right but i'm not going to circumvent something i have to say just because you don't want to hear it Right. Sure. So that I mean, and that's a I think that's a, an aspect of the relationship where they seem to like he didn't tell her about the playing the pulverizer and like there's not there's no upfrontery going on. And and she mm-hmm. she took a job and she knew she couldn't finish it. So she needed a fallback. So she pulled him into it and he didn't really want to do it, but he did it a little bit. And it just seems like a normal relationship to me. It's, it's whether it's healthy or not is beside the point. I think it just seems like a pretty normal relationship. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's fair. Yeah. No, I, again, it's, that's why I say like, I don't, I didn't come away thinking, oh, that's a bad relationship. I just came away thinking that wouldn't be a relationship that works for me. Right. It's not perfect. Well, and I'm I'm not, and I'm I'm no no relationship is perfect. I'm just saying, like I didn't. I think it's just it would hard. It'd be hard for me to envision being happy in that kind of relationship. Right, right. 
But that doesn't mean there aren't other people that are plenty happy in that kind of relationship. Yeah, exactly. Right. So, but um, the mechanics yeah. of the book, I think. Oh my God, that's. I mean, that that's. We've probably we've probably under we've probably buried the lead, which is that. Yeah. that I mean, that's the. Uh, I, the some of the uh, visual journeys he goes on because he can't sleep and his mind is overworked are just uh, captivating. Uh, in, in a way that uh, is 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 hard to convey through words on an audio podcast. Exactly right, but it starts off in color. It's a brief yes. little flourish of color, and then the remainder of the book is monochromatic. It, it, it's spot color mostly. There's a little bit of peach later on in the book, uh, but it's mostly this this tealish Teal-ish. color. And um, I, I think it works very well because when you're working with only one color, that one color is going to make the blacks and the whites pop. Mm. Yeah, and it's and it's 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 like a an ecru or all, it, it's not a white. The pages aren't stark white. Um, they're they're an off white, and and it really works with the um, with the teal. And the black and and the shading and in those variations. But the thing that got me, and it's there's a time delay on on this bomb. There's it's it, there's a fuse because in chapter two, we see that's her, the thing. Yeah, we see her characters, yep. um, fighting each other, <laughs> and they they that mo- chapter's the visual. That's my favorite chapter. Yeah, mine too. Yeah. But but it the the payoff isn't immediately apparent because the they morph into these very um unique shapes and they they splinter and they combine and it, they're they're gestalts right mm-hmm. and then they they fight and there's somewhat of a of a arcane ranking system i mean you could interpolate this thing as you will and you'll probably come up with an answer as valid as anyone else's right and so you go through this chapter, and it's just a visual tour, tour de force, and you get to the end, and it's like, okay, all right, that was visually arresting, it's cool, but you don't really know what it means until you get to the back end of the book, when she asks him to help with this illustration project that she has, and he's drawing these these lines um, on the ground that are uh, a bit a bit of forced perspective that's the product of their collaboration Mm -hmm. but it comes in the beginning of the book and that mirrors his thought processes because the it it's there there are conceptions about time in this book that our thoughts bound by time can we time travel through our consciousness and I would say certainly uh, we can, but um, he makes that visual in the in the 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 various chapters because by going by by showing something towards the end that's happening somewhat in real time, and then in the beginning, the product of that thing that doesn't occur until three quarters of the way through the book. So you're getting the end result before the beginning of it. So that tells me 
that there's a, a conception that time isn't linear, at least as Glenn Ganges is concerned. It's, it, it, it happens all at once. Did you get that? Especially the one where he there's a concentric um, bunch of circles on this double page spread, mm-hmm. and he's right, walking right. around multiple instances of himself, looking at instances of himself, and yep. time is on these these uh, ovals. Well, they, they're mm-hmm. probably circles. He, he just did it to to fill the double page splash. So he's looking in on all these events. And there are other instances of himself looking out from within these events, which is saying to me that, you know, th- this ball of time is is simultaneous. Everything's happening at once, which is, is quantum physics or quantum mechanics, right? So, yeah, yeah I, I, I mean, I'm intrigued by what you're saying. I, I don't know that I came away with that reading it, though. Like I wasn't thinking about it in that way when I was reading it, but it's interesting, though. Well, um, no, I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna force the issue, but what else would a bunch of Glenn Ganges is running around in concentric? Yeah, circle, yeah, yeah. You yeah know? No, I guess I just I just didn't I guess I didn't dive that deep on that whole idea, but but I mean, what you're saying makes sense to me, and it's visually stunning. But I could see where someone could come into this and think, "Oh man, what a freaking slog." It, it, it's like education, you know, we're going into geology and he, he goes on and on about the, the, the bedrock and the, the, the layers of earth and how they were formed. And this guy that came in in the 18th century, I think it was, or 17th century and said that the earth was millions of years old and, and no one believed him. And this is why. And it's just, but it's, it's presented in a way where it's, it's, Visually electrifying if the information presented within is not. Mm-hmm. At least not to me. Like, science is pretty dry to me. But looking at it the way Hazenga does it, I think it's, it's wow. These panels are, are phenomenal. But it's just, it's, it's a little bit of a, a it, it's kind of like, reading a graphic novel of Oliver Twist for school, right? You still got to read it. And it may be beautifully illustrated, but it's something that you wouldn't have read at that age on your own had someone say, you have to read this. That's what I'm getting at. I mean, it's it's stunning, but parts of it to me were a little like, mm, okay, this is a little dry. Let's Let's get into the more conceptual stuff. I do think there is an element to it of dryness, and I think that uh, it doesn't detract from my really enjoying the whole book and the experience. But I, I do agree that I don't. That's why I was I was interested if you've read any other Ganges uh, by him because I I don't know that I find Glenn all that interesting a character outside of what's going on in his head. I so, don't. I don't remember him being this much of a thinker. Like I have some issues of of Ganges, um, and I don't. I didn't come away from them, from what I can remember, thinking, "Wow, this this guy's a, a, a deep thinker." Mm-hmm. But we're talking more than ten years ago that I read right. him. So right. 
Yeah. But as a cartoonist, Huizenga is amazing. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Yes. It's incredible. Meticulous. Yeah. It, it's, um, yeah, I mean, I just, uh, it because y- you said it, I mean, in this book, there's so many different styles, different um, tricks of the eye, different, um, I mean, this isn't like one of those things where, for for people that are listening that haven't seen it, this isn't one of those things where, the you look at this book and you think, oh, I can't believe the same person drew chapter one that drew chapter two that drew chapter three, <laughs> right? That we, like, like visually, it's the same. Like, the, like I don't want to convey that when we say how different it. But so it's 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 the same look and feel and color palette throughout the book. But but it, it but the the decisions he makes in terms of panels, panel layout, pacing, structure. Uh, way to convey ideas, um, the visualization of some of the deeper ideas as it relates to space and time. Those things are all just masterful. And I love, I mean, I love geometry and the, uh, the, the, uh, the way that, that, uh, that, that the mathematical laws of, of, of reality do intertwine into nature and art. And, and there are definite chunks of that in this book that are just, I mean, jaw on the floor. I would love to, to own pages. I mean, um, there's a, a page like page 175 as an example. I mean, it's like he's 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 kind of thinking through things, and it's 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 like you're getting cut ups of 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 mountain ranges and oceans, and then he's he's thinking about uh, <laughs> there's a, a circle of, of of one particular parcel of, of land, and then. It's it's getting divvied up into these into these circles and different shapes and patterns, and it's almost becoming like a fractal, and it goes off into into near infinite distance. Uh, it's like all that stuff is is where you're, you I think you gain an appreciation for the complexity of Glenn Ganji's the character's mind, but then also Heizenga. and um, it should also be pointed out that if you read this book, you might think that. Ganges is just a proxy for Heisenga autobiographically, but uh, as Vince alluded at the beginning, it's not. I mean, um, Kevin has said many times that Glenn is not autobiographical. So it's, uh, but but I think it could be construed that way if you read this, right. because most I think most works of this, whether you, if you want to call them slice of life or even if if you want to say compare this to the Chris Ware stuff, those are more autobiographical by nature. Yeah, but. I think usually when you read something like this, you're presuming there's some some autobiographical component to it. Yeah, but yeah, there has to be some. There has to be some of Kevin in. Well, he says it's not, but in Glenn. But I mean, if you are, um, you're an author and you make a character that abuses animals, right? And and you are a mm-hmm. diehard anti. Uh, you, you're an animal lover. The fact that this character abuses animals stems from the fact that you're an animal lover and you're trying to make a commentary. So there's part – every character mm-hmm. has a slice of the creator within it, whether it's right, overt sure. or not. I mean it, sure, it, sure. it has to be there. And But the thing with the, 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 the earth and the formation of the, the land masses and, and all that stuff, that's just another – way it's another commentary that he's making on time because there are characters in here that'll say um yes billions of years 
and it's hard to conceive that what with us being human, we are very finite. We, we live for maybe a hundred years and that mm-hmm. is just a tiny infinitesimal part of this billions of year cycle that this, this big chunk of rock has been undergoing. And it's, it, it's more ruminations on what is time and where does the, the consciousness fit when you have a span. If you drew a line out, from the you know the consent, the creation of the earth till till now that's a pretty damn long line and we couldn't even be a dot on that line when you all the way towards the right you know and sure. so and that's a very that's you're getting into the heart of like nihilism and what's the point of it all and yeah yeah i mean it, time is if if time has existed if it does exist for billions of years and and he can circumvent that distance with his consciousness i think that's what he's trying to get at by by con- the conception of all this stuff and he's visualizing it in his mind's eye and he's reliving it so therefore that that huge huge line f- that that displays the the span of time from the beginning of the earth till now is irrelevant when this thing can traverse that on a whim. He doesn't mm-hmm. physically transport himself through time, but I don't think that's important in this instance. I don't think the physical na- aspect of, of time travel is not what he's getting at. He's getting at the, the mental, the, the, the conceptual traverse of, of time with his... Yeah, right. I mean, I think the, the, the main... The main... Um... The crux concept, yes, that he's wrestling with through all of these sleepless uh, nights is is time. I mean, time is the central underpinning of what yeah. he's trying to work through. The graph paper got me when he when he was dreaming, uh, or not dreaming, but he was he was laying in bed and he was he was thinking, and he's like, all of the events of his life were laid <laughs> out on this graph yeah. paper. One one square is one month or one year. Yeah, and he was trying to fill in the squares of the graph paper based on the month with yep. what he can remember from his life at that particular time. And if he could remember it, he filled in the square. If he couldn't remember it, it was blank. And like I I was I was aghast. Like I would never even conceive of engaging in that kind of mental construction like that's woo that's so far out of the realm of how my brain works where to go back into time and try and pull the events from then into the now and just remember them and relive them in your mind and okay just take it off a list make that square black like oh it's 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 it seems senseless to me but one thing's for sure i don't think glenn ganges is ever going to get alzheimer's because he certainly <laughs> works out his brain. Yeah, you're right about that. Yeah, there is a component of Alzheimer's. If you don't exercise your brain, you're more likely to go down that road. Yikes, though. It's just this is this is one for the ages. I mean, it it's a it's an easy read, but it's also very 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 difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I, I I really I think we're doing it somewhat of a justice here but i would love to go back in maybe you know a 
month or two, having had the time to to digest the book again and um, maybe uncover, because we haven't uh, uprooted uh, a fraction of what Huizenga uh, has done here. The, the book is so complex on one level, but it's so accessible on another. So it's, it's, it's one of those things. Again, the language is not sufficient to convey what's happening in this book. There, there are some chapters that are pretty obvious. Like they're, they're, sure. actually, they're actually funny. The one where, um, and I'm saying the one where he can't sleep, which is basically every chapter. But he, he can't sleep, so he gets a pair of noise-canceling headphones and puts them on his wife's head so he can play his stereo at a volume that will be more conducive to him doing what he has to do. And he gets into it. He's, he's rocking, he's jamming, the music's loud, and Huizenga shows lights flicking on in the neighborhood. And so, and it's, it's deep at night, so you know people are sleeping. Someone calls the cops. The cops mm-hmm. come. Glenn gets spooked. He thinks someone's trying to come into his house. So he grabs a knife. The scene could have ended very, very differently. But he ends up talking to the cops like a bunch of bros. And one of them almost tells him, you know, if you masturbate, maybe you'll sleep. <laughs> and the other, the, yeah, no, no, no. the other cop's like, no, 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 no. You, you, yeah, no, that's not what he was going to say. Uh, but So it's a very funny, animated, very lively chapter, which is just um, a shred of the whole. Like the whole book is not like that. Yeah, you get the surface level of him playing Pulverize in the office with his buddies, but there's more to that sequence than just a bunch of guys playing video games. You know, I I think this book is, it's masterfully done, but to throw it at someone and, and I I mean, I I can only imagine the diverse reactions that this book is going to get. I don't think it's a love it or hate it type thing. I just think, it's it's so rich that you need ample time to savor the flavor. Right. Yeah, it's it's I think it's a trickier one to review because so much of the journey is this is gonna sound ridiculous because all comics are visual experiences, but it I, I'm imagining I'm like playing in my mind how this would how this is gonna sound to people listening to us. And I do feel like it's going to come off like we didn't enjoy it or appreciate it as much as we collectively did. Because as we're describing it, we're, our minds are flush with the visuals that coincide with these ideas. Mm-hmm. But people that haven't seen it are just going to hear us talking about a book that sounds like we're not sure what the narrative or the point of it was. Right. And But the thing about this book is the river at night is something that could only have been done in comics. Definitely. Flat yeah, out. Well said. You, you, Absolutely. You couldn't, yeah. like, I'm going to get redundant here. Uh, uh, the mm-hmm. only medium I think that could even approach this would be animation. Because you could do, sure. Okay. Kevin's uh, dialogue. Balloon. Yeah, Miyazaki could take a crack at this. Maybe. Um, but Kevin's like, if you were going to tell somebody the, just any pick a page, right? And you're like, okay, Glenn's dialogue balloon floats beyond the panel out into 
the atmosphere and then his his body breaks the panel border in this instance and then you have another instance where panels are overlaid on each other and panels are pulled off the page to create uh, the desired effect like you can talk about it but it doesn't even come close to the magnitude of actually seeing it on on and then you're like mm. because then you're in it my our our words aren't going to encapsulate exactly what he's done here it's just something you need to experience you need to jump into it especially the the one where he's swimming and a little doppelganger of himself is is like he it's like he's mm. astrally projecting he's swimming in the river which is the his consciousness the river is a metaphor for his consciousness and and a little glenn ganges is watching himself struggling to fall asleep and he's mm -hmm. trying to talk to himself to give himself advice so the consciousness even splits at one point where his his thoughts are so deep that he he makes a a think alike and it's it comes in and is trying to talk to him and it's like oh and it gives up after I say fuck this guy he's not listening he's just, he's going to do the wrong thing so I mean it's 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 very very it's a very complex book that doesn't translate well to words that's it that's all I got I'm with it I don't think that's a a band aid on our inability to convey what's going on here I think. Um, most people would be hard pressed to to convey what is actually happening here. It's it's a, a, a an investigation on consciousness in terms of time, but that doesn't tell me what's going on. It doesn't tell anybody what's going on in this thing. You need to jump in and and read it for yourself, or not read, experience it for yourself. I Definitely uh, just for the record, I I thought it was phenomenal. It's, Agreed. It, you know, yeah. 11 o'clockers time, this has to factor in somewhere. But I, I, I only think my love for this book is going to grow over time because I'll be honest, I, I don't think I got everything out of it. That, that mm -hmm. was, mm -hmm. you know, there's, there are seeds in there that are going to grow over time. <laughs> and you, you need to give this book like any good tea. You need to give it time to steep. Yeah, I, I mean, we we read this because we deemed it the book of the month, and and so, and I'm not trying to say that this was this was homework, but this was this was a case where you know we had we had to read it by a certain time as opposed to just taking our time with it. And as mm -hmm. I, I agree with Vince, it's, yeah, it, it's something that if you revisit it, you will probably get something else you will pick something up that uh, that you didn't see during the first read through and and it is i i love the fact that i mean i absolutely adored it and and i love the fact that um you are thrown into i mean right from the get-go he's on his way to the library to get a book and he's got to get there before the library closes and and so you just you know it's 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 a moment in time in this guy's life on on a, on on a Saturday, for example, and you just you're going with him to the library. He's getting a book, and he goes home, and then little things get filled in along the way, like like the headphones that Vince mentioned. It's like all we know is that they own the noise canceling headphones because he was in a backhoe because there was work being done. I'm assuming around the house, and it's like you know we didn't we didn't get a whole chapter on 
any home renovations. It was just like, hey, I have noise-canceling headphones. Well, who the hell has noise-canceling headphones? Well, he does because he was in a backhoe once. And it's like, and, and so you're, you're just – you're not being shown everything bit by bit. And, and the fact that it's just – it's – the, the the chapters are broken up and 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 different little stories. I mean, it's all one long night, but but everything is kind of broken up and and the way he's thinking about things and 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 I love the 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 way the cartooning is done, where where you know you have little things like uh, Wendy's breathing and and just you know and 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 then him thinking about other things and and mm-hmm. and then him walking around the house i mean and i do that where it's like you know well i gotta wait for my eyes to adjust and it's like oh okay well the, everything is completely pitch dark and and i just there are so many things that glenn does in this book that i have done myself not you know i've thought about doing or i've seen people do no i have done these things and and it's just it it really really hit home with me i mean just just little things and and Again, going back to and 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 yes, and chapter two does kick off with 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 the characters from Wendy's designs for the game, but after that, when he taught when 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 he when he moves on from from the games to from from the video game to his time at Requestra, that's when that's when I really felt a personal connection, and and that point from there on, it was just you know because I've I've stayed up later than than my wife and and have you know made sure that i've had to because for whatever reason you're watching tv and the commercials are way louder than everything else okay now i gotta run to the remote because i gotta make sure i i I keep things quiet before my wife wakes up and and they're just you know things that i'm and then i i hear things or or i'm like i'm wondering okay well what is what does that sound from and and did somebody just come home and and i've never heard that particular noise before and and so is something up with the boiler is is something up with you know do i have to worry about you know this a plumbing issue and i just nice. my mind starts to wander and it's just it's it's i i absolutely 100% get where where glenn is coming from and it's it's the strangest thing and it's the, i i read this and i just i swear to god i was like how the hell did Kevin get into my head mm-hmm. and put this on paper? One of the th- questions I had after finishing the book, and you just mentioned it, when he's going to the library, mm-hmm. reading mm-hmm. is very important to Glenn. Right? Yes. And he admits to loving the the library experience. Then why is he late why is he getting to the library with very little time to find the books that or, or a book that will satiate his desires? Like if if reading and the library is so important to you, why are you pushing it and getting there with very little time to find what you want? Like, wouldn't you think uh. that he'd make he'd say, OK, this is my day. This is my library day. I'm going to go. I'm going to enjoy myself and browse and and the whole experience but no he pushes it right to the end you think he has what like 15 minutes to find a book who could find a book in 15 minutes i just but so that was one of my questions having read the whole thing that the thing that was important to him he allowed himself very little time to enjoy see i don't i don't think he did i think he just 
get so wrapped up in, like, for example, with the litterer. Like, he stopped and he, I don't, no, I don't, I'm not assuming that he stopped and just stood there and planned out the entire life of the litterer, but, but he definitely got sidetracked. And whether he kept walking and on his way to the library, I don't know the distance between his home and the library, but there were definitely, it wasn't like, I'm, I got blinders on, I'm going to the library and that's it. And I'm coming home. There were, I I got the impression that there were things along the way that just sidetracked him and, and whether he's stopping to think about things or he's not, then he realized, Oh, I was on my way to the library and he gets back, you know, kicks himself in the butt to, to get there again. It's just, but it wasn't, I don't think it was just like, Hey, I got, the library closed in a half hour. Let me get there. I've wasted the whole day. I think he 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 was on his way oh, with plenty of time, but he definitely and, and he's thinking about he he enjoys the library experience so much that he's thinking about past instances. Yes, where he has walked to the library. Oh, it's fall. I remember a couple years ago oh, in the spring this yeah. same um, type of scenario where the leaves, you know. And and he's he's going through the, this the litany of all of these all of the times that he's walked to the library, and I don't want to say wasting, but he's expending all that brain power on past library visits, which shortens his current library visit. Like it just, it's just so alien to me. I just I huh. I, I don't get it. See, I, I don't know. I, I guess I'm coming from the other side on this one. I get it totally. As someone who is perpetually busy and to the point where people often joke that my superpower is being able to do all these things that I do, uh, I think that happens a lot in life. There are many times where I will have 15, 20 minutes to squeeze in something that I would, in a perfect world, be able to spend hours doing. But doesn't mean I don't love it. It just means that I have the time to give it 15 minutes and that's still going to be massively enjoyable. And I would much rather have the 15 minutes than to not have it. I mean, I think that's like that for comics for me. There are many days when I might have time to read a comic and I, I would love to be able to sit at home for eight hours by the fire and just read comics all day, but I don't have that luxury most times unless I'm on vacation. So, uh, but that doesn't mean I don't really genuinely love it. It means that I just don't have the time because life. And so I'll take what I can get. And it's that much, it's that much more enjoyable in in some ways because I am limited in my ability to experience it to the fullest of its potential. But Glenn doesn't seem like a very busy guy. It seems like Glenn, Glenn has a lot of free time on his hands. I know he conveys that, but, at the end of the day, he also is a responsible dude making a living with a wife. I mean, so I agree the book doesn't convey that he's super busy, but we don't really see him as a slacker. This is one night. I mean, it's. I mean, we we see him working at a company. We see him staying late for work after to hang out with his friends. But he's he's after putting in a day's work. We see him hanging with his wife at night. We see him trying to sleep. So. But- I, I think if you're reading between the lines, he he has a pretty full life, a career. Uh, I don't. It's, it's not- I don't know about that because the 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 working at the dot com was in the past, and mm-hmm. there's a there's a section where it's made clear that he got a, a a a an amount of money 
from a right. de- from a deceased relative. So right. Glenn could be living off that money. Oh, he could be. I guess I'm just saying. I feel like you're kind of, and maybe that's the beauty of this part of part of the beauty of this book is is you you're filling in the cracks for what you think Glenn is like as a as a human being. Um, maybe there is no answer intentionally. Like you you see him as a slacker with a lot of time on his hands and wonder wanting you have time to get to the library sooner. And I'm seeing him as a regular dude who's got lots of responsibilities and um, and passions too. And he's going to just be able to fit in his passion wherever he has the time. And sometimes that means 15 minutes. Yeah, I think so, Glenn's passions override his responsibilities. Interesting. Yeah. Um, if the end point is getting to the library to do the thing that you love to do, why are you wasting all this time? But that see that's not a responsibility though. No, it's not. Exactly. It's not a responsibility. But I'm just going back to that first scene where he's going to the library and thinking about all the other times he's gone to the library and then he sees the guy dropping the litter and he's just he's he's in the moment watching or thinking about all these things, most of them past events, which stops him from getting to the library with a a, a substantial amount of time to do the thing he loves to do. He's, he's doing all this stuff where his consciousness is essentially in the past with the leaves and the walking and the, the, mm-hmm. the seasons, blah, blah, blah. And it takes away from the moment that he could spend in the library. So it, that's just, I just, I don't understand that. If you have a desire, you fulfill that desire, right? Their movie starts at seven o'clock okay i'm gonna get there at 6 30 and i'm gonna make sure that all of the stuff that happens before within my within my realm of of the way within the my ability to stop things from happening like if if a Mm -hmm. calamity happens you know you're screwed but i'm gonna make sure that all of the events that happened before me going to the movies are in a line that gets me to the movies when i want to get to the movies like he doesn't do that Oh, look, a bird, right? And then, he's just, then he'll start thinking, oh, I remember, you know, I, I saw a bird like that back when me and Wendy first started going out and she did this thing. And maybe she feels bad that she did that thing and they, that's why she acts like this now. And then the consciousness just keeps going and going and going and he never gets to the movie or he gets there too late. So mm-hmm. I, I, th- that kind of conducting one's life in that way is, is, it just does not compute. Sure. I like reading about it, but I could never live like like Glenn. Mm-mm. He's a thinker, yeah. and I like to I like to fancy myself a thinker as well. But there, does my mind wander during the day? Sure, but it's fleeting because I have a task at hand, so I'm not going to be you know wasting my my time thinking about something else when I have this thing to do right here. Right. The, the, yeah, that, that's right. I agree with you there. I think lots of times uh, I'll I'll plank out and start thinking about stuff, and then I'll literally snap myself back into it. And and there's a list, always a running list of 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 things that I that I need or want to get accomplished. Yeah, there's yeah. a time for that, and that's that's after the responsibilities have ended, and you have that time to yourself, and you can read, or you can think, or you can watch TV or whatever. That's the time I really love to think, and that's my most productive thinking time. 
because sure. there's not all those external things pinging at the, you know, your, your shell trying to distract you from whatever. Mm-hmm. It just seems to me like Glenn is always distracted. He's in his mind all the time. So maybe that works for him, but I don't know. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, I, I, you could be right. Instead of thinking about all those times that that you played this video game, why not do something creative? And yes, I'm the least person to be saying this, but from from the, my vantage point, looking in on his life, as you know, so I have all the answers going in to this thing. So he's he's thinking about yeah, we used to play this game, and these are all the fun times we had. Why not do something creative and and create a character or write a story? Or if you can't sleep, get some paper out and just start jotting shit down. Like uh, there has to be a better use of your brain than thinking about something that happened in the past. It's gone. Mm-hmm. See it? That's your rearview mirror. That's the thing all the way back there. You can't change it. I guess you can relive it if we're to believe what what you know. Uh, Heisenga is saying in this book, you can relive it through consciousness, but what does it amount to? It stops you from making good with your wife because you said you'd put all those lines on that paper and mm-hmm. you, did, you didn't do it. I don't know. Again, so it's, t- it's, tighten up, Glenn. Get your shit together. Yeah, but I know <laughs> I, I would love to read this again when I have when I have time to just let it just wash over me and and, and mm-hmm. this this. This is another thing about art that when something comes out, people attack it and they've got to talk about it and they got to be the first one out there with the review. You can't tell me that the expediency with which these reviews are written does justice to the subject because you cannot take away everything that's in said artwork with the, the way you're pumping out these reviews. Oh, for sure. Yeah, and that's the culture now. Oh, yeah, Kanye's album drops. It sucks. It's great. You know, like, it's, you have these people trying to comment on it. And, it, you know, you you can give, you can armchair quarterback it and say it's not very good. That's my immediate reaction to it. I don't think it's very good. But did you listen to it like six times or seven times to really get into it? Like, the, you can't tell me that you can put a Flaming Lips album on, listen to it, write a review. There's no way. Mm-hmm. You, that you can do justice to it because the, the the source is too complex to just be devoured in 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 the time uh, the runtime of the thing and then you're going to plunk down your little words and and completely do justice to it uh-uh not happening so or and the same thing with with, with um, david lynch or something or or uh you know too old to die young you you watch an episode of that there's n- absolutely no way that you can go on the internet and just write a a very well written formal review and encapsulate everything that they have done in that show it, it's it's impossible you need to it's a it's um the 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 time wave zero time is is speeding up to the point where everything has to be immediate and in doing so, you 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 don't do justice to what you're the things you're talking about. It's just, it's, that's my take on it. I just think this culture we live in is just too too much 
immediate gratification and not enough rumination on things, which I'm a hypocrite now because I just slammed Glenn Ganges for doing that. So, yeah, see, it comes back around. So the the point of the matter is, I don't know what the hell I'm talking about, <laughs> <laughs> basically. So don't listen to anything I say. But at least I'm in the zone where I like to give things breathing space. Yeah, I may prove myself wrong, as I just did. But at least there's that space with which to to think and to to, to conceptualize the in light of the thing that you just devoured. Yeah, whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's move on. Glenn Ganges well, in The River at Night by Kevin Heisenga. Do we give it all three thumbs up? Oh, definitely. Yeah. yeah. All the thumbs up. Yeah. I um and I was wrong when I said I didn't think I had ever read anything by him. I checked uh I did read uh he was in Strange Tales too, the Marvel joint. He's in Kramer's oh, okay. too. Okay, then I read that. Okay. Yep, and he was in Kramer's Urg at nine. More than one Kramer's. Oh, okay. Well, I have, I have oh, seven, eight, yeah, five. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, I, so very cool. Yeah, he's 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 pretty damn good. And that's that's not even coming close to to his his power. But I I think he's pretty damn awesome. Mm-hmm. But people go out, get this book, read it, put it aside, come back another time, read it again because it it's very deep and it's uh, yeah, I'm deep it's it, i guess that's a good word for it it's as deep as uh his consciousness so that's pretty uh unfathomable so this thing is going to it's going to linger for a while but you, you will mm-hmm. be rewarded i think it's pretty it's mindful awesome. it's mindful it, it is it, yeah 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 i mean huge props to j man um Let's not forget to give him some more love for always, for, yeah, for sending us these, these and 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 sparking a great episode. Hopefully, I I really appreciate him uh, sending us this because this is it's not easy to find a book that uh, all three of us have not read, and then we ended up all enjoying it. That right. is a rarity. But even more to the point, he has given at least in my estimation, he's given me something that's going to go on my bookshelf, and I'm going to take it out and read it. Again and again and again. I know you laugh. You laugh at me because I like to reread stuff. No, I, well, you 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 poked fun at me. I, like, th- I think he pokes fun because with everything that we still have to read, the true. fact that you will then take time to reread something, you have. But to. I do the same thing. I, I reread too. You, so. I think we have to. We have to reread it because, again, the person we were when we read Dark Knight the first time. Is not the person we were when we read it the second and the fifth and the ninth. If you know, there are certain works you want to read more than once. Watchmen, Dark Knight yeah. Returns, right? So you see them with hopefully more mature insight. Well, and I've so- said I'm, I, that I've said many times that that I'm hypocritical in that regard because there is a very high threshold, a high bar for me to have something that I, I will reconsume. But once it's over that bar, I I will reconsume it multi- many times. I mean, my right. favorite books a... I've read, you know, I've, I've read The Stand five, six times. I've, I've read the Douglas Adams Hitchhiker's books a dozen times in my life. Like, you know what I mean? So so uh, I've read Watchmen, I don't know, ten times, right? You know, so my point yeah. is, is there there are very few things that I'll, that I'll reconsume, but, but when they hit that spot, I absolutely will do so. Right. But it's a very high bar. Yes, generally, I'm not a fan of re- rewatching or rereading things. Just generally speaking, it, right. especially with with 
and and in comics it's an extremely high bar and just and i'm not speaking trying to be a snob and saying quality quantity quality wise i'm just saying for me i don't get as much enjoyment to reread something generally uh but i i won't uh, like i just read the novelization of of godzilla king of the monsters right mm -hmm. it was decent right am i ever going to read read it again no i don't think Mm -hmm. so so it goes on the bookshelf never gets reread but there are books that uh, because of their complexity, like I've read Naked Lunch at least 10 times. Right, there you go, yeah. Because it's not a book that it, it, it speaks to you different ways, different times you read it by the very yes. nature of the way it was written. So books like that, and, and again, to go to David Lynch, I'm going to watch Lost Highway again mm-hmm. because I, I can be damn sure that I didn't get everything out of it the first five, seven, nine times I've watched it. Same with right. Twin Peaks or Mulholland Drive. Like, those works are, are very complex. Sure. So the, Yeah, you know, no, I, I'm with you. I mean, that's the thing. I mean, well, I maybe do give you grief sometimes for, like, I, for, but it's, 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 it's a shallow uh, level of criticism because I, I mean, we're, I think we all do it in our own ways. Right. For, I think for me, to if I had to, I, I, if I had to typecast, for me, I'm more of the kind of, I think the way that typifies my consumption of of media is once I um, once I like once I experience and like something by a given auteur, whether it be a director or a writer, I find that what I do is rather than reconsume that, I generally want to consume everything they've ever done. Same. Like so, like once I read my first Cormac McCarthy book, I had to read them all. You know, yep. once, once when I was young and I started reading Stephen King, I had to go to the library and get every Stephen King book. And, yeah, I'm the same way. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, once I saw once you know once I saw um, you know Reservoir Dogs, I you know I had to see every Tarantino movie ever. You know what I mean? So stuff like that. It's just that, that that I get obsessed with with the complete the completest in me is I'm more about understanding or or experiencing the creator's complete work. Versus necessarily re-experiencing a given work, if that makes sense. The absolute worst thing you could ever do to me is to give me a book by an author with which I'm unfamiliar, and I really love it, and then I'm done. Because then I'll go on the eBay, I'll look for all the the things I haven't (laughs) read, I'll (laughs) I'll buy them. And chances are good that I'll get to maybe half of them at best. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. But I'll have them. And uh, because, yeah, I have a, a – that's one of my I, – I consider it a very bad personality trait that when I like something, I got to have it all. Oh, yeah. All well, of it. Just to, to your point, I, I ordered Wild Kingdom and Gloriana while we were talking about this. <laughs> and, and again, will I have time or, or will I be reading both anytime soon? Probably not, but it makes me happy to know that I have his other two right. in-print hardcovers that are on my shelf now. Yeah. So – just just pleases me mentally. Yeah. I think a lot of comic fans share that mentality. Like if you Oh, definitely. Yeah, sure. if you come into completists, yeah. Justice League on issue 45 and you like it, you're going to be like, "All right, got to go back and get all 44 that I missed because this is friggin' awesome." Chances are very good that the quality of those 44 issues will vary and in most cases won't be on the same level as the one that you really loved, but you got to get mm-hmm. them anyway. Because you got to get the whole chunk. Yes. Yeah, it's weird. 
All right. So there you go. Uh, Book of the Month, Kevin Heisenga, um, Glenn Ganges, The River at Night, Drawn and Quarterly. Run, run, run with your little tiny feet and go get it because it is wonderful. And, and it will reward you based on how much you invest in it. Yes. And I would point out to uh, those that want to learn more, Kevin Heisenga uh, has a, a website, uh, kevinheisenga.com. And he has a blog where he talks a lot about lots of stuff, but um, there's a ton of process and notes and inspirations and concepts uh, that led into the creation of River of Night on his blog. So uh, if you go to kevinheisenga.com, you can see one of the tabs is his blog, but it's uh, to go directly, it's kevinheisenga.com slash F, as in Frank blog, F blog. So. Dap, you know what I just did? What you just did? I got a half a glass of gnarly head left. I just put a shot of Maker's Mark in it. Get Jesus. out of here. Yeah. You're a madman. No, it's pretty damn good. Yeah, it is. I like it. Wow. You're crazy. Uh, I'm just having fun with my booze. That's all. That's right. That's right. Love it. Tomorrow's Halloween. My favorite day True. of the year. Hilarious. What? <laughs> Hilarious. As he starts blasting the Hallmark. Channel. Yeah, oh, I'm pretty excited for that. Yeah, stop. <laughs> we were tool- tooling through the channels this weekend, and I saw something. It was like, you know, Miss McGillicuddy Saves Christmas. And I clicked on it, and it was one of them damn Hallmark movies where the niece of Santa gets gets uh, inherits a uh, a tree farm and falls in love and you know whatever. Oh, oh, and let me tell you something. Nina goes, stop no, I- the presses. <laughs> yes. Dude, my wife, it was like we won the goddamn lottery the other day when the Hallmark movie hit the DVR. She was elated. Right? I don't get it. To go and watch that movie. She was so freaking excited. Yes. I will admit there's something about Christmas. I don't enjoy it. But the the average person feels something about Christmas that it's it's kind of magical. And it's just – it doesn't matter how good or how bad those Hallmark movies are. The fact that they deal with Christmas, that's the central theme, makes people happy. Mm-hmm. I, 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 uh, I, I don't uh, appreciate it, but I, I understand it. Yeah. So we got some time on our hands, I think. Yes? Yeah. You said you had a massive list. I do. That you had to burn through. I do. Well, burn away, my friend. Well, we had a surprisingly minimal horror content this month. Oh, please tell me about it. But this episode does have some. It does. No, well, because you don't know yet, but the, the intro and the outro are horror themed. Oh, nice. Okay. Well, I'm going to bring a horror comic to the table. Shut up. Yes. <laughs> what it is. Uh, it is Basketful of Heads number one. Mm. Okay. Why are you saying mm? uh, I'm, I'm with great trepidation. I want to Why? Hear Just tell me about it. But wait, well, hold on. Why with great trepidation? Because I want it to be good. Oh, yeah. Uh, so this is the first issue of the new um, imprint at DC uh, by Joe Hill, who, of course, is uh, 
an accomplished horror writer, uh, mainly a novelist, but uh, but probably from from in my heart and mind, uh, best known as the creator of Lock and Key, uh, along with Gabriel Rodriguez. Um, and, and many of you probably know he's also Stephen King's son. Um, so this is a new imprint, and it's called Hill House. And Basketful of Heads is the first uh, series from the imprint, but there are many that have already been solicited. And uh, Joe's kicking it off with uh, art by... Uh, Leo Max, all one word, L-E-O-M-A-C-S, who I was not familiar with until this. And this is number one of a seven-issue limited series. Um, and I loved it. Uh, first of all, Leo Max as an artist is um, reminds me a lot of um, – what's the – Vince, what was the book where um, – all the peeps were getting the disease where it became, they turned into cannibals. Oh, uh, there's many. Um, no, we were just reading. Um, no, but you, you and I talked about it. It was like about it maybe like a year ago uh, from image dudes. Grow, like uh, shit. I, I, I should have looked it up. I didn't have time. Um, uh, Bar- Bergara, but that, that, I, Matthias Bergara. I couldn't think of his name. The art reminds me of a cleaner, like if if Chris Somney and Matthias Bergara had a love child, I think that's what Leo Max art looks like. Really expressive, clean faces, uh, almost though, but visually almost like you're looking at a uh, like an '80s horror movie poster or something. Um, but um, the first issue is is essentially a setup issue. It feels very much like the start of a horror movie. Um, the protagonist is a young woman named Junie, June Branch. She's a, a buxom blonde co-ed in her last year of college. And it starts off with her spending, she's at, she's, she's taking a, taken a trip to Brody Island for the weekend to hang out with her boyfriend at the end of the summer. Her boyfriend is named Liam and he was a summer cop, like a rent-a-cop. And they, um, through some machinations, they end up house sitting the police chief's mansion. Now, why a police chief has a mansion is another story. Um, and the mansion is uh, quirky, and dude is obsessed with Norse mythology, and he's got all kinds of like Norse paraphernalia and and uh, axes and all kinds of things in it. And in the meantime, four prisoners have escaped the local prison. And are running havoc on the island. And that's basically all that happens in the first issue. Like we're introduced to the key characters and the narrative. And then we go from there. So not not a lot happens plot wise. It's more about meeting the characters, setting the scene. But I loved Leo Max art. And yeah. I loved the feel of the book in that it just felt like chapter one of, uh, of one of those classic tried and true 80s horror movies. Um, so... Uh, definitely, yeah, dug, dug it a lot. It definitely felt like, and, and I think it's a well-timed book because it's set in 1983. And listen, I mean, we're kind of in a mode right now where nostalgia is cool, right? Stranger Things probably kicked it off, but there's been a million other uh, things since that, that that have brought us back to what was my childhood. And so um, being born in 74, I, I this is 
this is my wheelhouse. I, I was a kid then, so so I'm I'm all for that, right? Um, so yeah. put it to you this way: I like this a lot more than I liked American Horror Story 1984. Oh, that sucks! <laughs> it's friggin' so, horrible. Yeah, so. yeah, that's just trash. But anyway, I'm kind of pissed what? because I'm looking at this thing now. I didn't order the paper. Why? Uh, the, the only one I ordered was Last God. Oh, okay. I didn't order this, but this looks damn good. I not yeah, it's in, like a little Richard Pace to it. I think, yeah, maybe. not yeah. in the line work, but in the the uh, composition and the way the characters are positioned. I see a lot of David Latham in this. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I could see that. Yeah, I could see it like straight bullet. Yeah, yeah. yeah not the that. line work, just the right. the denseness yeah. of the mm-hmm. and, and the the uh the manipulation of the, the the forms I think are very, very close to David yeah. Latham. And and the cool thing is Junie's not um she's not the heart the um uh, like the victim heroine of horror movies, right? Where She's this pretty vapid girl who right. has to barely escape being chased. She's got a good head on her shoulders. She's aggressive. She's 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 sexually she's confident. She's cute. yeah, but I mean, like, but she's more than just a. She's she's not the 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 dumb. Uh, yeah. Oh no, let me escape heroin. She's the. I'm I'm guessing she's going to kick ass and take names. Well, for the most part, they've disposed of that trope. In, in at least well, no, I understand that, but yeah, this is nostalgia books, right? Right, so, right. Yeah. Um Yeah, so so again, I, I mean it's 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 a setup issue. So what happens in the next six, don't know, don't know if it's but I I I, I loved the vibe. He pulled me into he pulled me into the scene. I I felt like I was in this in, in that setting and, and I, I and I I can't wait for the next issue. Yeah, you know what? I'm with you. I think this looks really good. Right on. And I'm pissed. <laughs> so now I got to get the trade. Oh, no. No, I, I probably would have anyway, but it this it makes me feel like I failed in some way. Like I should have known, but there was really no preview art for this. N- not much. So I was a little a little hesitant to order it, but just the title page that says Basketful of Heads with the basket and the, the axe leaning up against it, that's really nice. I wish I had that. But whatever, mm-hmm. I'll get the trade. I have Last God coming. <laughs> Woohoo! Yeah, came out Apparently, today. Leo Mac's real name is Massa Miliano Leonardo, and he's uh, he's done a shit ton of European comics. He's Italian. I could see that. Um, yeah, done a a, a ton. Um, just looking at his works here, so. Uh, He's he's been doing comics for decades. I guess this is just one of his first forays in the U.S. comics. Yeah, it looks damn good. I'm in. Nice. So what else you have there, Giant List Man? Why why are you going? I mean, you all don't want to talk. I want to hear you. We talked we, last night. Yeah, we did. Oof. Well, I will. It's it's fitting that we. Um, that we spent most of the episode speaking on a drawn and quarterly book because uh, I also have a drawn and quarterly book to shout out, oh. and that is Scenes from an Impending Marriage. Wow. A prenuptial memoir by Adrian Tomine. Uh, this is a fun little little book, man. It's 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 a, such a stunning departure from Tomine's other work that I think that's part of the reason I appreciated it so much. I love Tomine. But 
it's kind of fun when you think you know what you're going to get, and then it's nothing at all like that. Mm. Um, first of all, this book presentation-wise is uh, slight in that it's literally five by six. It's five inches by six inches. It could fit in your back pocket. Um, and it is a hardcover with a cute little animated, uh, stunted version of Adrian and his wife. Uh, and it's basically just a slice of life. Look at little vignettes from their, um, uh, engagement, planning a wedding and, and little, uh, just, just little, little moments, whether it be the absurdity of trying to find a DJ to, uh, making up a guest list and figuring out where one, one of them has a massive family and one doesn't have much of a family at all. And, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's just vignettes that he collected over the years and then put them together. And I will do a little spoiler because I don't really think it ruins the experience. It ends up that we find out that, uh, this, this book was his, uh, their wedding, their wedding present to people, their parting gift at their wedding. Oh, and they've been married a long time. They were married with kids. And so this, this was probably finished. These stories, these anecdotes were finished 10, 15 years ago. Uh, and and how he's putting it all out into the ether, into the public. So um, I thought it was sweet and charming, and and it's romantic. It's probably not a book Vince would enjoy. Hmm. Daphne, yeah. you'll, you would adore this book. Um, it's just a, a. It's just it's it's sweet, and it's if you're familiar with Tomine's work, it's neat to see this side of him because it's straightforward. It's not complex. It's purely funny vignettes about about autobiographical vignettes about he and his wife and the absurdity of planning a wedding. And it's surface level, super easy to understand, super quick read. It's 56 pages, black and white, and it's exactly what it's described as. And I loved it. I read it and uh, it's a quick read. I mean, it's, it's too, yeah, it's the size of two comics. Um, yeah, but like, I don't know. I just, I, I love seeing this side of him because he usually writes such, such morose, uh, stuff. So it's nice to know that he has a heart. I'm glad you liked it. Yeah. It's not your thing. This is no, thing. I'm looking at no, the, no, not, I no, like the, I love Tomine's drawing style. Yeah, no, but, no. This subject matter is not. This is a no. romance comic. It's yeah. a romance comic. So if you, um, um, but also I should say it is done in a comic strip fashion. Um, most of the most of the pages are nine panel grid, and then uh, every so often he'll give you a one panel splash, but it'll be done in the vein of like a Far Side or a Family Circus, where it's uh, so he uh, he intentionally. St- drew it to look like a comic strip and with the occasional Sunday strip, that's right. a, a big splash. So, um, yeah, no, like I said, I mean, it's, it, as it is exactly as I described it. So if, if you feel like reading a fun romantic comic, this is right up your alley. If, uh, if, if you don't like romantic comics or slice of life, if this is not your thing. Right. So I'll let Dap read it when I see him. You, you can, nice. I can, can I'll, and, I'll scoff. You can uh, you can sit in the corner and read some Junji Ito. Okay, and that'd be a good thing. Mm-hmm. I do have something. 
Mm-hmm. But it, it's I, I'm not going to get too deep into it because um, I want those to uh, that haven't read this in a while because interest in this book seems to in this comic seems to wax and wane. Just speaking from for myself, sometimes it's it's awesome. Then they they'll hit a stride where it's 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 okay, but it's you know it's not firing on all cylinders. 2000 AD is on fire lately. I've read Prague 2155. And as with any anthology, you're going to get your good stuff. You're going to get your not so good stuff. Three of the five strips in the issue are just balls out phenomenal. The other two are good. The dread strip, unfortunately, is not stellar it's it's good but it's not anything to really you know scream from the rooftops about the cover by Stuart kenneth moore is just will punch you right in the face but there are three strips in here that are just outstanding um the first is by uh pat mills of course and um it's called defoe and I don't know if you guys have ever read Defoe before, but Defoe is, uh, he's a zombie hunter. It's, it's an alternate reality England, like say, um, 17th century England, but the, the art is just out friggin' standing. Um, cons- it, it is so dense that, it's done in black and white, and most of this uh, strip takes place at night and in the rain, but it, it'll just knock you on your ass. Um, I, I, I don't know what else to say. It's another one of those things that you got to really see it to believe it, and uh, it's just so graphically dense that it, it staggers you at, at first. Um, and it's it's in the science fiction realm, so you know uh, all bets are off. The um, the arts by S. K. Moore. That doesn't mean anything to you, I don't think, unless you see this thing. But visually, my God, it it is it is absolutely stunning. Very intricate page layouts. Um, kinetic action scenes it's it's gorgeous so the defoe is the top of the heap for me and then you have someone with which we are familiar jimmy broxton is on a strip in this that is um kind of look it's called hope it kind of reminds me a criminal mm-hmm. in a way the visual stylings of uh, Phillips on Criminal is not too far away from um, Broxton's approach. Uh, naturally, he doesn't draw exactly like Phillips, but um, the the air of of what Phillips does is is pervades this this hope strip. And then you have my my love, which is Dead World, the fall of Dead World is uh, the backup, the and meaning it's the last strip in the thing. And it's uh, written by Keck W. and art by Dave Kendall. I can't get enough of the Dead World strip. 
I, I have the hardcovers. I ordered the, the forthcoming hardcovers. This is just a world that it, it, it's, it's very compelling to me. That it's very disturbing and dirty. And, and um, as a horror fan, I just love it. Because this, this Phillips, uh, sorry, this Kendall character, he's just is fully painted. He's, he's amazing. But it, the, the point of all of this is 2000 AD is on an uptick recently. And I believe it started with, if this is uh, 2155, I th- it started around 2151 the uptick and I don't know when it's going to stop, which is great. Not knowing, um, when the downturn is going to come is, is wonderful, but that's what I'm saying. Sometimes it really connects. I mean, 2000 AD has been around forever seemingly. And, and sometimes they hit it out of the park, but sometimes maybe not. Mm-hmm. They're, they're in a stretch. Now, if you have never, ever read an issue of 2000 AD, I think now is a really good time to do it because it currently showcases all of the stuff that 2000 AD does really, really well, with the exception of Judge Dredd. Is that a, nice. is that a, a major pimp for the book? I don't know. But it, <laughs> it pleases me being a longtime reader of this thing. Um, mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm in 2000 AD for the long haul. I've read three quarters of the of the run so it's it's one of those omnipresent books that makes me happy whether it's really really good or just plain sufficient this is way more than sufficient so check out 2080 prog 2155 you may have to go back to 2151 to get the start of uh well even further back to get the start of defoe because defoe is currently on chapter uh, let's see. These old eyes. These six. Eyes. Part six for Defoe. So go back six issues and, mm-hmm. and start with Defoe. And I'm I'm gonna guarantee it that you're gonna your eyes are just gonna weep with joy at how beautiful this shit is. Why you gotta call it shit? Well, I mean it's just a uh familiarity breeds contempt. For reals. Yep. I love it. I love 2000 AD. Just it's it's like Glenn Ganges in in the book where he gets into that comfortable mindset. 2000 AD takes me back to the first time I ever encountered Judge Dredd at the hands of Brian Bolin, and it's mm-hmm. like, okay, this is some really good stuff, and the mm-hmm. the the magnitude of that has propelled me through 2100 and. Let's just say 2,100 issues of, of, of 2,000 AD. I, st- I, st- I stick with it because it's that good. But anyway. Did you see what I picked up at um, Comic Fest uh, over the weekend? What's a Vince? comic? What's a Comic Fest? Uh, it's um, just like free comic book day it is uh apparently i don't know if i don't think this was the first year but uh in october before halloween um this would have to be since the end of the month but uh the comic shops offer uh like free comic book day books 
uh, with the instead of a free comic book day banner on the cover, it says Comic Fest. So uh, they tend to be maybe horror themed. Uh, this year you had Deceased, you had uh, an old Ghost Rider book, you had um, when did you know, various. Start? I don't know if it started last year. I don't think it started this year, but um, they. Uh, so I went to the LCS to, to to see what some of the freebies were, and while there. Uh, I picked up a couple of magazines, um, like Planet of the Apes and, uh, you would do well to horror and Savage Sword of Conan. Uh, but I also picked up, uh, volume one of the, um, Judge Dredd's Crime File. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Which collects all four volumes of Judge Dredd's Ground Files, and it's uh, written by Wagner and Grant and Pete Milligan, art by John Higgins and Brian Talbot and Jose Ortiz and Ian Gibson. And uh, I remember seeing the cover by Boland because it's the little winged figure, and um, Dredd has his baton out because I guess it's a no flying zone. Um, but uh, I haven't had a chance to sit down and read this yet. But well, how uh, how many pages is it? It is. It's 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 not a big thing. It it is a. Uh, it's it's only a five dollar ninety five cent cover price. Um, oh, so is, yeah, it just it just highlights Judge Dredd's crime file because that series went on for way longer than. Yeah, it's just it just seems to be uh, four of the and there are varying lengths. The first one by um, with our by Higgins is the longest one, which um, seems to go on for maybe half of the half of the volume, and then the rest are just a, a handful of of pages. The the, the Gibson story is maybe. I don't even think eight pages long, but, um, but yeah, and it's, it's in color. Um, yeah. And apparently it was, uh, printed in 1989. So it's not exactly a a brand new thing, but yeah, I I, I got it on the cheap. I would too. You know me when, uh, as you have seen at New York comic con, when a judge Dredd book comes across my, my field of view, and I yeah. don't have it. I got to get it. Yeah, I, I mean, just flipping through it, I don't believe I've ever read these stories before. Cool. Yeah. Is, is Judge Dredd my Lobo? <laughs> it may be your Lobo, yeah. Hmm. Well, Lobo's my Lobo. But <laughs> I think Judge Dredd's another one of those characters that I just can't get enough of. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because when you look back, there have been a lot of talented people who have taken on that character from the oh the, shit yeah the the words and the pictures. I mean yeah yeah. All right, well let's bring this puppy home. Two times the charm. We have done it for you. Book of the month: Glenn Ganges in the River at Night by Kevin Hyzenga, plus some other stuff in there. Um, if you enjoyed this. Do us a favor and leave us an iTunes review. I don't, we haven't been really pushing that, but I guess in some backwoods countries that the iTunes reviews still matter. Well, so, you're dating yourself because there is no such thing as iTunes anymore. 
Uh, All right, there you go. You want to leave an Apple uh, podcast review. That's what they call it now? Well, it's a separate app now. It's a podcast app. (laughs) It's another icon for your desktop is what it is. It is, yes. But uh, or, yeah. or 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 by the way, or Spotify or Stitcher. Wherever yes. you listen to us. Yeah, leave us a review because they matter and um people need instigating to listen to stuff. So if you leave a a, a fair to middling review, they'll be like, Okay, this show's pretty seems to be pretty good, we'll listen to it. And the more the merrier, right? The community will just continue to grow. And that's what we want. That's right. Because it's all big party, y'all. So uh, leave us a review. Head on over to our sponsor at Discount Comic Book Service, DCBService.com. Click mm-hmm. on the list of specials. And I'm sorry if the wind is knocked out of your sails or, or your lungs, but that's what's going to happen. Because you're going to see, I can get this book for what? That's half off. Holy crap. I'm going to order it. I'm going to be a subscriber. DCBService.com. They're the best. And oh, yeah. um, in your travels, I have absolutely nothing. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I do, because we just did a show yesterday, and it's the, the time frame is too tight. I have absolutely nothing. What I will say is, go read, um, mm, I don't know, um, check out these Hill House books, because they look really good, and uh, there are many of them. Um, Last God came out today. Basketful of Heads. Was that also today? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Check them out. Um, I'm very pleasantly surprised with the art on Basketful of Heads. I have not investigated Last God yet because I ordered the physical copy, but maybe for next time I'll have a, a little bit more to say on Last God, number one. Right on. Yeah. My Probably my worst in your travels, but hey. Uh, in your travels um i am going to throw out um spider-verse a new six issue miniseries the first issue uh the creative team it's written by jen mckay but the art is by folks like Juan Fregreri and Carlos Lopez, uh, Stacy Lee, Arthur Adams, James Heron, uh, Jason's BFF, Dyke Ruin, uh, yeah, Sheldon Vela. Um, it is, it's, it's, it's a funky anthology. It's, um, Miles is, uh, has been, um, basically, brought to and on his way there um bounces around a bit uh but he is um brought to earth 001 formerly loom world uh formerly the hall of spiders and um since um madam web um there must always be a web of life and and destiny and um and and it was destroyed during the Spider Verse, and and the Pattern Maker um, has uh, has woven it so uh, anew. But um, but this first issue was was pretty funky. The art is fantastic. A double page spread of the various um, Spider folk across the the Spider Verse, 
is um is quite lovely but they they end up in um or miles ends up in manhattan 2.0 where it looks like um the spider folk of, of this universe uh, are kind of like a gang which um kind of skirt outside the law uh there is a monster filled universe where spider monster is the spider person of, of that world there's um there's a futuristic apocalyptic universe uh that miles ends up in with a bunch of crazy looking characters and and that's perfect for a heron style um and then the uh the the Dyke page pages are, are dealing with uh, with Spider Punk and that that's pretty cool and it is a kind of a spider manga couple of pages but it it's um it's a great start to a uh, to a new miniseries um and uh, I I think McKay just kind of it, it didn't feel like you know someone has never read a Miles Morales comic book before it it all it 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 was all felt very organic, very natural, and 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 I, I really, really dug the um, the look of it from um, from all the artists involved. So I will be um, I'll be checking out future issues. So yeah, in your travels, Spider Verse number one. Yeah, uh, nice. So I have been meaning to mention this for a few episodes. Finally, I'm going to remember here. Um, uh, and then I have something else I want to talk about too, but so a little multiple in your travels to make up for Vince not having one. Uh, so in your travels, the first thing I want you to do, if you haven't already, is check out Primal, which is an animated series by Mr. Gendy Tartakovsky. It uh, premiered on Adult Swim a few weeks ago. Uh, I bought it digitally. Uh, it the first five episodes are available. It will eventually be ten episodes. The other five will come out next year. Um, I hope I don't have to explain to you all who Gandhi Tartakovsky is or why you should care. He's an incredible animator. Uh, and Primal is essentially a buddy cop cartoon uh, where uh, you have Spear, who is a caveman who has lost his family. And you have Fang, who is a female tyrannosaur who has lost her family. And they are brought together by that tragedy and become uh, inseparable and uh, trusted uh, partners. Um, it's amazing. I mean, it is just jaw on the floor, amazing work. And it's essentially uh, a silent film. I mean, there are sound effects and whatnot, but there's no dialogue. Um it's it's just incredible. It defies it defies explanation other than that you need to see it. If you like animation, you need to see it. It's it's just amazing. Um, it's it's visceral and violent and uh, heartwarming and sad and it's it's just incredible what Tartakovsky is able to do. Uh, and after I watched it, I I was reading up on it and it's it's interesting. This is one of his original ideas that he abandoned. Uh, and went on to have his career, and he decided to unearth it now that he's a far more experienced cartoonist to see what would come of it. So, um, yeah, it's great. It's called Primal. Just uh, check it check it out wherever you can. Um, in 
Other news, um, I mentioned this on our Facebook group, and I did want to mention it again because um, we, or we, I, I tried to get uh, Jonathan Hickman to come back on the show, <laughs> and uh, he politely declined because he had agreed already to do another show, and he's only going to do one podcast as it relates to the X Men. Um, he he didn't want to have to, and I appreciate the logic. He 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 didn't want to have to basically tell the same stuff to a bunch of different people over and over again. Uh, so he went on uh, David Harper's podcast off panel and I posted a link to it uh, in the Facebook group, but you can find it by going to off panel on Apple podcasts or just going to off panel.com. But uh, it's definitely worth a listen. If you're a mark for this new X-Men stuff, um, I-, I found it fascinating. I know Vince and David aren't as frequent. Uh, they don't listen to as many podcasts uh, outside of, when we record as I do. Um, so your mileage may vary, but, uh, but I really, it was one of those things where like hearing Hickman talk about this made me even more excited for what's to come because, um, it's just endearing. Like, you know, at a time when, uh, understandably so many comic creators are spreading into television and movies. And, and again, I say it's understandable and I don't begrudge them because you get your bag, right? Get, get paid. Like I'm, I'm all for all these guys getting their payday. But Hickman went and did that, and he said he came back to comics because of the frustration of making art for a bunch of people in suits that will, and and the idea that a lot of your art's never going to be seen by anybody else, and that that's not the case in comics. Um, and in like, tip, if you know Hickman at all, he's a pretty he's a pretty uh, let's say self confident. He's he's a confident dude. Uh, he said on this episode, on this interview that he, when he first got hired by Marvel, like before he was in quotes, Jonathan Hickman, he gave them a Bible, uh, uh, basically a, a thesis paper about why the X-Men were broken and what he would do to fix it like 12 years ago. <laughs> and, and, and it was politely stuck in a drawer and, and like they patted him on the head and said, <laughs> yeah, okay, now uh, go ahead and do this book we just assigned you to do. Um, so in essence, this has been something he's been interested in doing for a long time. And he made the point that this is very different than the Fantastic Four and the Avengers because he grew up a massive X-Men fan and he wasn't a Fantastic Four and Avengers fan. Um, so it's really encouraging. And, and I, I also thought it was interesting. He said that Powers of Ten was he pitched powers of 10, like three, four, five years ago, whenever he left, before he left Marvel. Um, so that kernel was around for a while. Um, and then the other thing, which you guys, I hope appreciate is, and we talked about this when we reviewed the book. One of the big things in this book now is that, uh, essentially all of the X-Men are back alive because of the, the group of, of mutants like gold balls and, 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 uh, Proteus and the like, right? They can bring them all back. And that's serving two purposes. One, it's it's literally bringing like every mutant that was killed off during all of these various and sundry massacres back. Because um, Hickman said he wanted to have a, a, a playing field where everybody was back on the table. And he, he didn't... So basically, it was a, it's a MacGuffin in that regard. But the main reason he did it, and it just warmed my heart, is that he said that uh, at the creative retreat where this all got got greenlit, he told the room 
that you're probably not going to hear this, but like we all have to stop killing off characters because it's a really bad look. Like it's become a lazy plot contrivance and it doesn't have any impact on the fans anymore and it's dumb. So he created this mechanism with the eggs and the rebirth because it essentially takes the idea of using um, character deaths as a plot contrivance off the table because you can bring it right back. So he said he didn't want anybody while he's in charge of the X-Men to fall back on, oh, let me kill off a character to make this really feel like it has gravitas. He's like, you got to tell different stories, you know, like it's not about like so. And I just love that because like comics have just fallen into this trope of killing off characters and we don't take it seriously because we know they'll be back. So I love that he's just like, nope, no killing of characters. It doesn't it's not it's not going to be what drives the stories. And then the last thing, which was was awesome, is that he said that uh, one of the things he thought was broken about the X-Men is that it became a never-ending cycle of the X-Men losing. And fans don't want to read that. Like, people want to read stories of heroes winning. And so, for the most part, they're going to be telling stories where the mutants are successful at what they're trying to do. Like, they win. They save the day. They save their people. They succeed. And I love that. I love that, because he's right. Like, the X-Men has been this miasma for the last 20 years of just endless cycles of them trying to succeed and then realizing that their future is doomed and then finding a way to restart and try again. So I love that we're going to get off of that that hamster wheel. So, yeah, anyway, listen to the interview. It's, it's like 90 minutes long if you want a much more detailed uh, examination of Hickman's process. But I just thought that if if you were excited about Hoxpox, then the, listening to this only reinforces that we're going to have a, we're going to have a halcyon period of, of mutant comics for the next few years. It's going to be great. Not saying it won't eventually get derailed. Either he'll tie, get tired and leave or they'll move on. or We'll do some event. I'm not saying that's not going to happen, but for a while, I think we're going to have pretty awesome stuff. Um, so yeah. And, and with that, um, in your travels, uh, the first two, um, spinoff books, if you will, have come out Marauders, number one, uh, and Excalibur number one. Uh, well, Marau- and X Men three. Weeks oh ago. well, I'm not, I'm saying outside of Hickman's X Men. I'm, I'm, oh, okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. The, okay. the, the non the non Hickman books. Okay. Um, Marauders is written by Jerry Duggan with art by uh, Matteo Loli, and Excalibur is uh, uh, written by Teeny. Ha- is it Teeny or Tiny? Yeah. Teen, teen, Teeny Howard and art by Marcus Toe. And I enjoyed them both. Um, I will say straight up, because I know some of you get overwhelmed at the idea of having to read lots of books. You don't need to read either of these. They are very much their own things. Um, I I would say they're superfluous in the sense that if you're worried about getting over overburdened with the mutantdom, then just stick to Hickman's X-Men and, um, and, and don't worry about these. But, um, but if you're looking for more, uh, I think they're both a lot of fun. Um, Marauders is a pretty quirky idea. It's it's and it doesn't necessarily pass the logic test, so you have a little suspension of disbelief. But for some reason, Kitty can't go through the Krakoa portals, um, and we don't find out why. I was I was joking on our Facebook group like, why doesn't she just go and ask Krakoa and Cipher like, why can't I go through the doors? But to whatever extent, she can't go through them. And in the meantime, um, since they're now selling the Krakoa medicines all across the world. Um, it would stand a reason that there are people who are trying to black market stuff. So Emma Frost creates the Hellfire Trading Company 
And uh, Kitty forms a team of pirates whose job is to essentially um, twofold to um, fight against the black market sale of Krakoa's goods and services and to to um, bring mutants back to Krakoa that are being oppressed and kept from getting there. So, uh, you know, a little crazy concept, but but I'm, I'm on board. It's 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 quirky and strange. And I like I like Jerry Duggan's writing. So um so thumb up on that. And then Excalibur, um, they had me at the opening page because uh, we are back to 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 Betsy Braddock as as a as a as as Captain Britain's twin sister. Like she's not in the Asian revanche Jim Lee body anymore. She's she's back to being the Brit with the purple hair. And uh, I'm all for that. So that was awesome. And uh, yeah, and, and and this this is very much you know an homage to the Alan Davis ex, uh, stuff where this first arc is going to revolve around Avalon and uh, and Morgan Le Fay and all that good stuff. So and, and I've, I think if you're an Excalibur fan, then that that that's that's well worn territory that you're fond of as well. So thumbs up to uh, to both of the spinoff books. I enjoy the Marauders a lot. I haven't. Uh, I just started Excalibur before we started tonight, so I'll get cool. back to that. But yeah, Marauders was a lot of fun. Yeah, and like I will say, I mean, uh, I think it was what Eric Harmon in the um in the uh, group that was busting on it. Like he's right. Like this for as tightly logical and 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 integrated as House of X and Powers of Ten were, and that every little thing made sense. The Marauders doesn't past that test. I mean, there's a lot of things you can poke holes in, but in the vein of stupid fun comics, it's a stupid fun comic. So. Nice. Mm-hmm. Okay, everybody. Thank you for listening to this thing. If you would like more of the 11 o'clock experience, go to Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Reddit. We are uh, there by and large. And also check out Slack. Well, yeah, the Slack, but you got to be a patron to get on the Slack. And that's patreon.com forward slash 11 o'clock comics. Big group, only getting bigger. And uh, a lot of fun is had on a daily basis. Shout out to Uh, Yes, because while we were recording tonight, he he joined the fun over there. He joined the Slack channel. So the Slack here, rather. That man. He's so awesome. Mm -hmm. He is. So do that, and in the meantime, you know what we're going to say. Say goodnight. (laughs) David. (sighs) Night. I don't have anything to tap. Sorry. I could do it again. All right, go ahead. Nice. All right, and then David. That was a little bit of rush for your ass. best day of the year tomorrow people so go out and have a good time and watch out for for all the drugs in your candy basket yeah because because there's so many drugs in the in the united states people just give them away to kids and as expensive as shit is yeah like they're really gonna give them to your kid i got some hash i got some coke i got a rock i got a rock well crack rock maybe maybe yeah sell it they still make crack I don't oh, know. Of course they make crack. They do? Really? I don't. What do I know? <laughs> it's true. What does he know? I'm not down with the with the manufactured uh, drugs. 
I'm more of the earth. Uh, that, that, that is going to be that meme of, of Vince talking about crack as he watched New Jack City once. I did see it once. <laughs> I did. All about the crack. I did. Uh, like, Boys in the Hood, too. I saw that. I saw Boys in the Hood. <laughs> Bye, Felicia. I saw it. That was that was Friday. See, Whatever. Now you're just confusing. Now, now you're just looking bad, man. It's, it's a bad look. <laughs> I, but I do do the right thing is a masterpiece. I actually, I, I saw that in South Yonkers. I was the only white dude in the theater. That's a great movie. It's, it's a great movie. Yes. yes. I do like Do the Right Thing. All right, everybody. Hey, we're out of here. Come back. We'll be back very soon. We don't know when, but you will get an alert. Whatever. We'll be here. We love you so much. Say goodnight, boys. Lady, y'all.